You're listening to podcast audio from Radiant Church, located in Bay City, Michigan. For more information on Radiant Church, you can check us out on www.radiantbc.com or follow us on social media at Radiant Bay City. All right, well, good morning, Radiant Church. So good to see you here on this blistery Sunday, cold Sunday morning. If you're new with us, welcome. Thank you for worshiping with us. My name is Marco. I'm the lead pastor here of Radiant Church. Well, hey, before we get into our message this morning, uh, I think all of us by now have heard of the crisis in Ukraine. And it is estimated that right now in Poland, there are over a million Ukrainian refugees seeking shelter, fleeing from the war. And I want you to just kind of keep this in mind and visualize this. Uh, Most of the people coming into Poland fleeing the country are mothers and their children. And so uh, mothers, you can just imagine what the pain that they are going through right now and the, the concern and the burden that they're carrying. Many of them come in with simply the clothes on their back, and some of them come in with, with a little bit of luggage, but it's only the things that they can really carry, and that is it. And so Convoy of Hope is an organization that we're partnering with, and they are a faith-based organization, and they have feet on the ground there in Poland, and they are um, feeding hot meals to people and caring, and caring for these precious people made in the image of God. And so um, I want us to just watch this quick video. It's only about a minute long. And it'll give you just a glimpse into what Convoy of Hope is doing. Go ahead and hit that video. We're in the ground here in Poland in a warehouse that we have just leased. Here you will find the very first load of product that will go into a truck and be shipped into Ukraine where churches will get the supplies they need to the Ukrainians who need them. Soon, these shelves will be stocked with emergency supplies for the Ukrainian refugees who are coming across the border and continued supplies for those who stay. And here we are in the offices of the warehouse where you will find a bunch of Ukrainian volunteers who have found shelter locally. They are here volunteering to help for the cause of their fellow refugees. And so we thank you for everything you are doing to help these people and their time of need. If you'd like to contribute to continue this work, please donate at convoyhope.org slash Ukraine. Well, because of your generosity this week, we gave just over $2,000 to Convoy of Hope. So I just want to thank you, Radiant Church. It's good news. Thank you for your faithful generosity. And can we just take a moment really quick before we get into the message? I want us to just pray for this crisis, and then we'll pray um, as we open God's word this morning. Let's pray. Lord in heaven, we love you, and we just come before you, God, and we intercede right now for this crisis, for this war. God, we pray, God, that um, it would just cease. God, that you would bring peace in this land. Prince of peace, again, we, 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 we say come, come and intervene in this situation, Lord, we pray that even in this dire situation, we pray that the, the church would remain strong. God, we pray the gospel would go forth, Lord. Many people would receive Jesus, God, as the only true hope to, to mankind. Lord, we pray that Russia would, um, would retreat. They would just leave the country as fast as possible. 
Lord, I pray for uh, Putin would have a change of heart, God, that he would meet you. He would transform his life, God. I, I Lord, that, you, that he might meet your mercy and not your wrath, God. Lord, we ask that you would just intervene again. Lord, care for those young mothers and the children, Lord, who uh, have been displaced from their homes, God. That you watch over them, Lord. God, I have your hand on this situation. Lord, as we open up your word this morning, we pray, God, that you might just give us eyes to see, ears to hear what the Spirit is saying, Lord, and a heart that is softened to you. Lord, would you draw men and women and children to you this morning, God? Lord, if anyone is far from you, I pray that you would just draw them near. I know sometimes we come in to worship with a hardened heart. Lord, would you soften our heart? Lord, so often the circumstances of life, God, harden our hearts. So would you soften hearts today, God, so that we might hear you and truly experience you and come to know your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, we love you, and we just place this whole service before you. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, listen, this morning we're back in the book of Acts, and this is actually part number 12. I told you we're going to be in the book of Acts for a while. We'll take some breaks along the way. But this is a series that we're calling The Spirit empowered church. Now, if you're here and maybe you're new to church, hey, welcome. Thank you for being here. Or maybe you're coming back to church and you haven't been to church in many, many, many years. Hey, we love you and we're so grateful for you as well. The book of Acts is found in your Bible. It's in the New Testament. And it's essentially the story in the life of the early church. I want to just catch you up quickly, but last week we looked at a story of a guy named Stephen. And we looked at Acts chapter 6 and 7, and Stephen was met with some great opposition. He was a man who was assigned to help the poor in the community, to care for the widows in the community in Jerusalem there. And he was met with strong opposition. But in the face of opposition, Stephen boldly declares the truth. And yet, he does it in a loving way. I actually uh, talked about this last week. How do we speak the truth? but in a way that's still loving in the midst of a culture that is, for the most part, hostile towards the Christian faith. And if you missed that message, you can catch it on YouTube or on iTunes on our podcast. Stephen boldly proclaims the message of Jesus. Now, that is not a welcomed message, so much so that the angry mob of Jews, they drag him out of the city and they stone him to death. It's pretty gruesome way to die. Stephen is known as the first Christian martyr, the one who, who gives his life for the cause of Christ, for the gospel. Well, this actually ignites a great persecution in the city. And remember, I told you persecution is one of the ways that Satan tries to stamp out the church, but it doesn't work. Once again, it doesn't work here. It does the very opposite because... The apostles and those who are believers are forced to scatter. And guess what they do? They spread the gospel everywhere they go. They proclaim the Messiah, Jesus, everywhere they go. And so last week, we focused on a man named Stephen. This week, we're going to focus on a man named Philip. And Philip is very similar to Stephen in the sense that he was also one of the men that the apostles laid their hands on and gave them the work, of, again, of caring for the widows, caring for the poor there in Jerusalem. But now we see Philip being a bold evangelist and, again, spreading the gospel. Now, there's a lot going on in Acts chapter 8, okay? 
Oh, unfortunately, we don't have time. I don't have an hour, but we, ha- we do have some time. So we're going to cover some of chapter 8. Some of it I'll summarize for you. There's a lot going on there. But what I, what I want to focus on this morning is this idea of hearing the voice of God. Hearing the voice of God. Is it possible to hear the voice of God? Maybe you've wondered that if you're new to church. and Maybe you've been a Christian all your life and you've, you, you almost feel like, I, I've never really like, heard God speak to me in a personal way. Well, that's, we're going to talk about that today because in Acts chapter 8, not only does an angel speak to Philip, which is pretty wild, right? But the Spirit speaks, the Spirit of God speaks to Philip and says, hey, I want you to go and do this. And Philip obeys. How can we begin to discern the Spirit or the voice of God in the midst of many, many, many voices? And so I want to talk about that this morning because we know we know that God has spoken in his word. Amen, church, right? God has spoken in his church, in his, in his, in his word, and we don't, that is without error. We don't question that. That's, in fact, for the believer, that's the, our highest authority. The scripture is all authoritative. It's authoritative, and so it, it, it has authority over our lives, right? We know that, but in another very real sense, the Holy Spirit leads us and guides us and he speaks to us in a very individual, in a very personal way. This is why sometimes after my messages, some of you come up to me and you say, oh, my gosh, that, oh my gosh, that was speaking right to me. How did you know? And I'm like, I didn't know, right? How did, Pastor Marco, the, I, that message was great, but I felt like you were speaking right to me. And I'm like, wow, that's awesome. And some people will say, hey, after hearing the message, like, I know what to do. Like, I have clarity um, I feel like I, me and my wife, we know the next step to take. Um, we know the decision we're supposed to make, right? So on one level, you know, I'm speaking to all of you, of course. But then what, something amazing happens where the Spirit speaks to you individually in a very real and personal way. He speaks to you in a very real and personal way. Jesus says this, John 10, 27, my sheep listen to my voice. I know them and they follow me. My sheep. Now we, listen, we are God's sheep, okay? We are God's sheep. And if we are, to, if we are his sheep, that means we should listen and heed his voice. And if we're going to listen to his voice, guess what? We should be able to recognize his voice, right? Voice recognition. Have you ever called someone uh, on your cell phone? And, I mean, you've talked to this phone a million times, right? So you know what their voice sounds like. But when you call them up, someone else answers the phone. And you're like, wait a minute. You're not so-and-so. Uh, is, are they there? Can I speak to, you know, whoever that person is? And immediately, listen, you recognize that that voice is not the voice of your good friend or your family member or whoever it might be. That's voice recognition, right? And so in the same way, listen, as believers... We need to be able to discern and to, to, to be able to figure out, is this God speaking to me or is this just the bad pizza last night or what is this, right? Taco Bell at 2 in the morning, you know some of you, right? And so you got to discern what, what is going on here. Am I hearing the voice of God? My pastor, Lee Cummings, um, Pastor Lee says this. He says, um, if you, believing that God no longer speaks is like a father saying I love you to his son and then never speaking to him again. Mark Batterson wrote a book several years ago, some of you may have heard of it and read it, entitled Whisper, talks about the voice of God. Mark Batterson writes this, he says this, nothing 
has the potential to change your life like the whisper of God. Nothing will determine your destiny more than your ability to hear his still, small voice. This one whisper, Mark Batterson says, can change your life forever. You see, in prayer, we're not only speaking to God, but God is actually speaking to us as well. And this is why prayer is not just talking to God, but prayer is talking with God, right? It's a conversation, right? So, so we talk, and if we, can, if we can shut up for a little bit, right, God will speak to us, right? God will speak to us if we can remain quiet. And it's so hard and so often for, for many of us to just, if we could just remain silent, right? Some of us are even, like, we, we're, we're very uncomfortable with silence. And God is trying to teach us to, to be still, to know that he is God. And so today, <coughs> excuse me, as we look at Acts chapter 8, we're going to see Philip heading to Samaria to spread the gospel. And this is a really big deal because as Philip heads to Samaria, he proclaims the gospel there, the good news of Jesus. What we see is the gospel going outward. It's spreading all over the place. And Jesus said this would happen. Some of you remember this verse, Acts 1.8. Jesus says this, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. And you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And so we see this coming to fruition now. Philip heading to Samaria, proclaiming the good news. Now, when he gets to Samaria, he meets this man named Simon. And Simon um, is someone who claims to have a lot of power. He is a sorcerer. Or in other words, he's doing magic. It's black magic, by the way. It's demonic and he is enthralled with Philip because Philip is displaying the power of God. Philip is not an apostle. Guess what? And Philip is operating in signs and wonders, and he's not an apostle. Guess what? Stephen, also not an apostle. Operating in signs and wonders. If God did it then, he can do it now, right? If God did it then, he can do it now. He was doing it through Stephen. He's doing it through Philip. He can do it through you and I. And so Simon eventually has faith, becomes a believer, and is baptized, which is pretty incredible. Now, Philip going to Samaria to spread the gospel, listen, is a very big deal because it's showing the Jewish people that even Gentiles can receive salvation, which for them it was like, boosh, right? Like, what? Even Gentiles, non-Jewish people can receive salvation, can become a believer. Now, here's why this is such a big deal in Acts chapter 8. Philip goes to Samaria. That's where the Samaritans lived. Now, the tension between the Samaritans and the Jewish people was at an ultimate high. They were two groups of people who did not like one another. In fact, the Jewish people despised the Samaritans. They saw them as a half-breed of people, half-Jewish and, and half-Samaritan or half-Gentile. And so the racial tension between those two groups of people was very, very high. But let me just say this, that the gospel of Jesus is the only thing that can tear down the wall of hostility between two people groups. Amen? Right? It's only the gospel of Jesus Christ that can tear down the walls between two people groups who do not get along. This morning, I want to pick things up in verse number 26, and we're going to look at this very specific story. If you have a Bible or a smartphone, you can join me there. 
We'll have the verses behind me as well. Luke is our writer. Here's what he says. Now an angel of the Lord said to Philip, go south to the road, the desert road that goes from, down from Jerusalem to Gaza. The Gaza Strip, maybe you're familiar with the Gaza Strip that made headlines in the news several months ago. They were shooting rockets into Israel. Uh, not a good thing, of course, right? Uh, so many uh, enemies of the Jewish nation are in Gaza. Verse 27, so he started out, and on the way he met an Ethiopian eunuch, an important official in charge of all the treasury of the Kandake, which means queen of the Ethiopians. This man had gone to Jerusalem to worship. Let's just pause there for just a moment. Okay, so Philip has the Samaria, right? But who does he meet there? He meets an Ethiopian. This is wild, right? Someone who's not even from that area, or, or when he goes to Gaza, excuse me, he goes to Gaza, but, he, but then he meets an Ethiopian who scholars say that this man was actually from what we know as the region of Sudan, modern-day Sudan. Now, he's a eunuch. If you don't know what a eunuch is, that's basically a man who's been castrated, is, you know, removed. And so these people often served in the royal palace, in the royal court, because they could be seen as trusted, Okay. Now, interestingly enough, the Mosaic Law, and I think Leviticus 21, I believe, and Deuteronomy, prohibits eunuchs from entering into the assembly of God, from worshiping, essentially. But now, here's the amazing thing about the gospel. The gospel is for every tribe, every tongue, every nation. And this eunuch is about to meet Jesus. Isn't that awesome? Verse number 28. On his way home, he was singing in his chariot, reading the book of Isaiah, the prophet, right? So that's in our New Testament, or in our Old Testament, excuse me. Verse 29, the spirit told Philip, go to that chariot and stay near it. Then Philip ran up to the chariot and heard the man reading Isaiah, the prophet. Do you understand what you are reading, Philip asked? Well, how can I, he said, unless someone explains it to me. So we invited Philip to come up. And sit with him. Now, this is awesome because the Spirit speaks to Philip and says, hey, go to that chariot. Philip goes, and because of his obedience, because he, he listened to the voice, he basically, he essentially shares Jesus with the eunuch. He says, hey, so what you're reading about is Isaiah, and he's actually talking about Jesus here. And he starts to put the puzzle pieces together, and he tells them all about what Jesus has done for him. How Jesus went to the cross and took his sin there and how three days later he was raised from the grave and how he sits at the right hand of God. And maybe he even said, hey, one day Jesus is actually coming back to the world. He's coming for his bride and he shared the good news and the eunuch comes to faith because it all starts with Philip hearing the spirit, the voice of God, and then obeying. Let's skip down to verse 36. As they traveled along the road, it gets better. They came to some water and the eunuch said, look, here's water. What can stand in the way of me being baptized? In other words, what we see in the Bible is this, faith in Christ and then baptism. Faith in Christ and then water baptism. That's why we don't baptize babies at Radiant Church. We're not, we're not a Catholic church. Some people are like, oh, I don't understand that because we have a lot of Catholics in Bay City and we love them and we welcome them. But, but, it, but in the New Testament, what we see is a pattern of faith in Jesus, right? You make your own, your own personal declaration of faith. And then you're water baptized. Verse number 38. And he gave orders to stop the chariot. Then both Philip and the eunuch went down into the water, and Philip baptized him. 
When they came out of the water, the Spirit of the Lord suddenly took Philip away, which is amazing, right? <laughs> and the eunuch did not see him again. But, but he went on his way rejoicing. Philip, however, appeared at Aesotus and traveled about preaching the gospel in all the towns until he reached Caesarea. That's it's an incredible story, right? I love the story of, of, of Philip hearing spirit, the spirit of God, God's voice, proclaiming the gospel, and then, and then, of course, the eunuch comes to faith. Now, let me just say this before we get into any further of my message. I understand that this whole idea of hearing the voice of God, for some of you in here, you're like, whoa, 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 I don't know about that, okay? I, I, God has spoken, it, it, his Bible, the Bible, that's it, that's it. Slow down for just a moment, all right? Just, just relax, okay? I understand that this has been abused by many people, right? This has been abused in manipulative sort of ways, right, where people, they only claim to hear God's voice because they want to get what they want or they want to force you to do what, what they want you to do, right? Hey, the Lord, I, I felt the Lord tell me you're supposed to give me your Rolex. Whoa, 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 whoa. Hello, whoa. You can have this because this is Amazon, $35. You can have this, by the way, so whatever. Right? That's awesome. Like, I, I, the Lord didn't tell me that, though, okay? Like, you know, hey, someone comes to church, hey, hey, Pastor Mark, I feel like I'm supposed to preach this morning. Bro, you did not hear the Lord. Because I'm the pastor, and he didn't tell the elders, nor did he tell me, so you're going to sit and you're going to listen to the word, all right? <laughs> hey, the Lord told me, right, hey, men, do, like, young men, do not do this. Do not do this. Hey, I just feel like the Lord said we're supposed to get married. Oh, no, 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 oh, no. Oh, no, you didn't, right? So I know, I understand, listen, that there have been many abuses to this. Hey, the Lord said, give $1,000 and you can be set free right now. Come up to the stage, give me, right? Whoa, 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 okay, okay, wait a second, wait a second, right? Wait a second, right? I understand this has been abused in many, many ways. But I don't want you to throw the baby out with the bathwater, okay? Don't throw the baby out with the bathwater. And what I want to do is I want to give you five ways to begin to examine the, the, way that, the ways that you can begin to hear God and how to test that, how to discern, how to distinguish that. Okay, so here are just five ways. They're very practical today. I want you to apply this hopefully to your life. And I want you to hear from God. I, I want you to hear from God. That's, that's essentially what I want from you, to be able to hear from the Lord in a very real in personal way. Because like Mark Batterson said, one whisper can change your life. And there have been many whispers in my life that have changed my life and the trajectory of my life. We would not be here in this building, this church would not exist if it was not a whisper from God. Come on, someone, right? We would not be here if it was not for a whisper from God. And I want the Lord to speak to you in a very real and personal way. Maybe you've, you've spent your whole Christian life and you, you felt like, and God's never really spoke to me. Well, I want that to change. So how can you hear the voice of God? Well, number one, if you want to hear the voice of God, number one, become a follower of Jesus, okay? Become a follower of Jesus. Why should you follow Jesus? Well, there's a lot of good reasons for that. But let me just say this for my message's sake. The reason why you should become a follower of Jesus is because the Scripture says there is only one way to connect to God, and that's through Jesus. There's only one way. There's only, in fact, Paul writes to Timothy. I think it's 1 Timothy chapter 2 where he says there is only one mediator between God and mankind, and that is the man, Christ Jesus. There is only one way to connect to God. That's it. 
And I understand there are a lot of world religions, and I get that. What that means is this, that no matter how noble or how beautiful another religion is, listen, there's only one way. Jesus says this in John 14, 6, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except but through me. If you want to connect with God, listen, it's not through anything else but Jesus. It's through Jesus alone, all by himself, all by himself. The second reason I want you to become a follower of Jesus this morning is because not every spiritual voice is God's voice, okay? Right? Not every spiritual voice is God's voice, right? You know, sometimes people say, hey, you know, I'm not really religious. I don't really like to go to church. And I'm like, yeah, I understand that. But I'm spiritual. <laughs> okay, well, I'm spiritual. Well, that's awesome. So is everyone else, right? I'm spiritual. Wow, that's phenomenal. Listen, the idea, the, the question is not if you're spiritual or not. Because you are spiritual, okay? You are spiritual. Rather, the question is, what spirit are you listening to? That's the question. The question rather is, what spirit are you following? That's the question, okay? Some of you, perhaps in this room, listen, are receiving spiritual direction from everywhere and everyone but God. You're looking everywhere into everything but God. Let me, let me just give you some examples of things in our culture that I think are really inherently dangerous. Palm reading. Fortune tellers. Mediums who contact the dead. And by the way, that's called, um, in, the, in the Bible, the scripture calls this divination or sorcery. Okay? I would even go as far as horoscopes. I understand that some of you in here are like, it's not that big of a deal. Like, it's, it's really not, Marco. Like, it's not, I, 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 I dabble in those things, but it's not that big of a deal. And I would say with you, I totally disagree with you. I completely disagree with you. Why do I disagree? Well, here's why. You may not realize this, but you are opening yourself up to spiritual direction that's not from God. And that's dangerous. Oh, I'm, I get to talk to Aunt Judy. She's been dead for 20 years. No, you're not talking to Aunt Judy. You're talking to a demon. Okay? That ain't no Aunt Judy. That's a demon. It's a demon, all right? And it wants to take over your life. It wants to oppress you and influence you. It wants to infiltrate your life. And so guess what? Here's the thing. If you give Satan a foothold, it will become a stronghold. Okay? If you give Satan an open door, <laughs> guess what happens? He walks right through it. He walks right through it. And so, and so some of you, maybe unknowingly, listen, and I'm not condemning you if it's unknowingly, but unknowingly you have welcomed the darkness into your life. Now, listen, if that is you, if that is you, listen, here's what I want you to do. Number one, stop immediately, okay? And if there's any paraphernalia in your home, in your home get rid of it as fast as you can. Number two, I want you to repent. And number three, I want you to ask God for forgiveness. Say, God, please forgive, forgive me for, for, for making vows or for, for coming alongside or for inviting the darkness into my life. God, forgive me for, for looking for direction for someone else than you. God, forgive me of my sin. Lord, I come to you. Thank you for receiving me because of the price Jesus paid on the cross. In your name I pray, amen. Do that immediately, right? If, if you're looking at horoscopes, and I know you think it's just kind of childish and it's fun and it's cute, 
Listen, don't open yourself to spiritual direction that's not from God. Okay? Because it may be a demon that is communicating with you. Listen, I don't want you to get direction. I don't want you to get direction from the stars. I want you to rather look to the one who put the stars in their place. Come on, someone, right? Don't settle for spiritual direction from a demon. Okay? And some of you think, some of, and listen, because we live in this post-enlightenment, high rationalism society, listen, some of you are like, that's not real. Yes, it is. The unseen realm is very real. But because we're so modern, we don't even know how to read the Bible anymore. We're so smart. We're so intelligent. Listen, don't be so smart for the Bible, okay? Because the Bible is way smarter than you, I promise you, okay? I promise you. If you want to hear the voice of God, listen, follow Jesus. 1 John 4, 1. Dear friends, do not believe every spirit, right? But test the spirits to see whether they are from God, because many false prophets have gone out into the world. Newsflash, not everyone who says they're a Christian is a Christian. Newsflash, not everyone who says they're a pastor is a pastor. Newsflash, not everyone who says that they're a leader in the church is a leader in the church. Newsflash, not everyone who says that they're in it for the people of God are actually in it for the people of God. Some are just in it for themselves, to build their own little kingdoms. And so when you talk to them, it's all about them, me, I, I, me, me, look what I done, look what I did. It's like, bro, I don't have time for that, right? It's like, awesome, it's all about you. Fantastic, right? Number two, if you want to hear the voice of God, read the Bible and memorize scripture, okay? Okay, apart from following Jesus, this is the number one way. This is the highest, scripture is our highest authority for you Baptist folks and Reformed friends. I love you. But yes, I have a high view of God's word, so don't worry, okay? I know, I understand that. My Reformed friends and my Baptist friends usually say, whoa, 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 God the Son, God the Father, God the Holy Bible. Wait a second, right? Read the Bible and memorize scripture, right? 2 Timothy 3.16, you know this one, right? All scriptures God breathed are useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so that the man or the woman of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. I just memorized that, right? John 15, 7, Jesus says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, right, ask whatever you wish and it will be given for you. And then verse number 8 says this, um, this is to my Father's glory that you bear much fruit, proving yourselves to be my disciples. Psalm 119, 11 says this, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. So the question is, church, are you hiding God's word in your heart? Right? It doesn't happen by accident. It happens on purpose. It happens with intention. Yes, and I, I, I'm picking that habit back up. I, I had fallen away from scripture memory for a, while, for a while, and now I'm picking it back up. And I tell you, man, it is the most powerful and beneficial. It's such a blessing, you guys. It is such a blessing to hide God's word in your heart. Listen, the more you know scripture, the more you'll be able to discern the voice of God, okay? Okay? Let me say it like this. The Holy Spirit cannot remind you of what you have never been mindful of, okay? You're only going to get what you put into it, okay? The Holy Spirit can't remind you of anything if you haven't put any time into God's word, hiding it in your heart. I want to encourage you to hide God's word in your heart. What does the voice of God sound like? It sounds a lot like scripture, okay? It sounds a lot like scripture. Let me just say this uh, one last thing when it comes to God's word. God will never speak in a way that contradicts his word. Okay, hey, I just felt, pastor, I just felt like I'm supposed to pursue this other this other um, beautiful woman, and I know I'm married, but I just felt, I prayed about it, and I have peace in my heart, and I'm like, 
Get behind me, Satan, right? What you... <laughs> Again, you did not hear from the Lord. Because God will never speak in a way that contradicts his word. You may have heard from a demon. You may have heard from your own lust, okay? But you did not hear from the Lord, okay? Number three, if you want to hear the voice of God, pay attention to impressions. Impressions. I'm not talking about doing like a Donald, you know, uh, Trump impression or whatever it is, right? I'm, I'm, I'm talking about... Um, uh, 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 I'm talking about when the Holy Spirit brings ideas and thoughts to your mind spontaneously, okay? When the Holy Spirit brings you um, thoughts, um, ideas, words, and even phrases spontaneously to your mind, I want you to pay attention to those because that may be an impression from God. That may be, um, some of us, some people call this the internal subjective witness of the Holy Spirit, okay? The the internal subjective, it's subjective, yes it is, it needs to be measured against the word of God, yes it does, absolutely, okay? Internal witness of the Holy Spirit. So maybe you, 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 you hear, um, there's, a, there's a phrase that comes to mind, there's a word that comes to mind, um, there's a thought that comes to mind. So often in the middle of the night, God will speak to me about a message I'm preparing for me, and he just wakes me up, and I'm, I grab my phone because I, I don't want to forget it, and I'm just like, I can't see something, Right? I'm typing this stuff. I feel like God is like downloading something into me in that moment. And you say, yeah, but there's all kinds of room for error in that, Pastor Marco. I, I know there is. I know there is. And yet it's still a real thing. It's still a very real thing. Let me just tell you a quick story um, about Radiant Church. And some of you have heard this story before. Before we had a budget, before we had a building, before we had anybody gathering together, God was beginning to call my wife and I to plant a Radiant Church, to start Radiant Church. And um, I had talked to a few pastor friends of mine in the Radiant Network, and um, they asked me, why do you want to plant a church? And I, and I gave them all the cliche Christianese kind of, well, lost people, and, and they're like, that's awesome, but what, what did God say to you? And I'm like, no, well, they're like, well, you know what, you need to get a word from the Lord. I'm like, fair enough, fair enough. So we're worshiping at Calvary Church uh, in Grand Rapids, that was our home church while we lived there. And there was a song with the word compassion in it, right? Um, old Hillsong song, I think it was. And um, for some reason, it was an impression. That word compassion just stuck out to me, right? It's like a, this, this like rhema word where sometimes when you read the Bible, there's a word or a verse that just boom, it just jumps off of the page into your heart, okay? That is when the Lord is, is trying to speak to you. So that word compassion was like powerful. I could not, I could not shake it. So I got my phone out, and I just, I opened my YouVersion app, and I, I typed in the word compassion, because I was like, man, I think the Lord wants to speak through his word. Again, I'm going to the word of God, okay, I'm going to the word of God. Now, the very first verse that pops up is Matthew 9, 36, and that verse says this, that Jesus looked out into the crowds, and he had compassion on them, for they were harassed and helpless, they were like sheep without a shepherd. And the Lord told me, Marco, you you need to go to Bay City because there are hundreds of people who are limping around, who have no shepherd. They've been displaced, and you need to go and begin to be a shepherd for them. And I knew that was the Lord. It was so profound. So I came home, right, and my wife is making lunch in the, in, in the kitchen, and I'm in the dining room, and I'm sitting, and I'm like, hey, honey, I felt like the Lord spoke to me. And she's like, okay, well, what do you mean? Tell me all, all about it. I'm like, okay. So I'm like, he, he spoke to me from his word. She's like, show me the verse. So I get, a, I get my Bible, and I'm like, it's Matthew 9, 36. 
and I read that verse to her, and then I tell her, this is what I feel like the Lord told me in that verse, and she just starts bawling, just like, boosh, like waterworks, right? And then I see her, and I'm like, ah! and I start crying, and she comes over to me, right, and she puts her arm around me, and we're both like, ah! like, the Lord just spoke, we're supposed to go, baby, I know I love you, right? And we're just like, man, it was like this profound whisper from God changed the entire trajectory of our lives. Like we, we had a sensing, right? We had people around us that were encouraging us. But then when we, when we heard the Lord, that changed everything. It changed everything. Pay attention to impressions. Number four, seek godly, wise counsel. Seek godly, wise counsel. Okay, because why? Because God speaks to you through who? Your spouse, okay? He speaks to you through leaders in the church, speaks to you through pastors. He speaks to you through other mature believers. Godly counsel. Don't go to your friend who doesn't believe in God for counsel, okay? That's not what I'm talking about. This is godly counsel. Don't go get advice from your heathen friends. That's not godly counsel. Go seek wisdom from those who are mature in the Lord, okay? Those who are mature in the Lord. Proverbs 15.22 says this, Plans fail for a lack of counsel, but with many advisors they succeed, right? They succeed. If I sense something um, in me that the Holy Spirit is, is, is moving me in a certain direction with leadership within the church, I will um, call Pastor Mike, Pastor Jeremy, Pastor Lee, and I will say, hey, this is what I'm sensing um, what are you guys doing about it? Do you think this is right? If they tell me, hey, you're way off, man, <laughs> I would just be like, okay. I just submit that to them, right? That, that's my godly counsel. I submit that to them. If they say, you're crazy, I would say, all right, I'll, I'll, maybe I should go back to the drawing board and, and, and go back to God. I just submit that to them, okay? So when you seek godly counsel, look for mature believers. Godly counsel can save you from bad decisions and give you wisdom beyond your years, okay? Some of you are going to the wrong council, and you're wondering why you keep making the wrong choices, okay? You're going to the wrong council. Who's your, who are your counselors in your life? If you don't have any, I want to I encourage you to get some, okay? And finally, number five, dreams and visions. We see this all over Scripture, God speaking to men and women through dreams and visions. I'll just give you two quick examples. In the Old Testament, we know Joseph in Genesis Receives a dream from God. You can read that story yourself. Now, he goes and tells it to his brothers, but they don't receive it, obviously. And it takes many years for that dream to come to fruition. It doesn't happen overnight. And yes, for those of you who are wondering, your dream and vision is still subject to the word of God, okay? Okay? Just in case. Vision, same thing. Dreams in the New Testament. Another Joseph, Joseph who's going to be wed to Mary, receives a dream from God. And, and this dream uh, tells him uh, to take, don't be afraid to take your wife, um, Mary, as your wife, because what she has conceived is from the Holy Spirit, right? What she has conceived is from the Holy Spirit. And so often, sometimes God will speak to us through, through dreams and visions. Here's what I say to somebody who has a dream or vision. I'll say this. Just because you got a dream or vision doesn't mean it's going to happen tomorrow. It doesn't even mean it's going to happen. So this, what, what it means is that you need to hold it closely to your heart. And just continue to pursue the Lord about, on it, okay? Sometimes God gives you a vision, but it's not for tomorrow. It's not for next week. It's for years down the road, 
years, it'll take years down the road for you to see that come to pass. And yes, you must have the Word of God be your filter. And yes, I would even take your dream or vision and bring it to a mature believer, someone who has the fruit of the Spirit in their life, and they can tell you, uh, I don't, this sounds a little wacky, man. Like, that might be the pizza in this case, right? And so they can help give you some counsel and guide you. So get a group of mature believers around you who will pray with you, help you seek the Lord, so that you're not just sort of chasing any random voice that you think that you hear. Amen, church? We're almost done here. Let me just summarize quickly. If you want to hear the voice of God, first become a follower of Jesus. Why? Uh, because there's no other way to connect to the Father. Okay? I'm going to encourage you this morning. There's no other way to connect to the Father. Not every spiritual voice is from God. And if you've opened yourself up to the demonic, turn away from that as fast as you can. Okay? As fast as as you can. Do not give Satan a door. He will walk right through it. Number two, if you want to hear the voice of God, read your word. You need to read it every day and begin to memorize scripture. Okay? The voice of God sounds like the word of God. Third, pay attention to, to, to impressions, thoughts, or phrases that the Holy Spirit brings to mind. Begin to pray on those and see if it is God speaking. Bring those to Number four, godly, wise counsel. Mature believers in your life that you trust, uh, that are helping to, to guide you and lead you, bring that to them and see what they say. And, and if everyone says it's way off, you may want to reconsider what you've heard. Finally, number five, pay attention to, to dreams or to visions. And sometimes those are from God, sometimes they're not. Okay? I can't, I'm not guaranteeing you that they're always from God. Sometimes they are not. You must use discernment. You must pray about it. Seek godly wise counsel over those things, right? But it may indeed be God speaking to you because we see it throughout all of the pages of Scripture, Old Testament and New Testament. We're going to wrap things up this morning. I want to pray with you. But as we leave, let me just leave you with a few questions as we consider the voice of God. Number one, it's this. What steps can you take to hear the voice of God this week? What, what steps can you take? And uh, for, for many of you, I think that just will mean uh, more time in the Word of God. For some of you, that will mean you're going to start memorizing some Scripture. Now, my wife taught me this, actually. Um, the easiest way for me to memorize Scripture is for me to write down the verse. So I write it down because there's something about the act of writing it down that helps it solidify it in my heart. So every day, I write down a verse probably once or twice. And I have a verse of the week, Okay. And it's a verse that I pick. It's, the ver it's a verse that the Holy Spirit highlights for me, okay? And I take that verse and I memorize it. And then, I, and then God always uses it in moments where I need it. It's amazing what happens when you begin to hide his word in your heart. Maybe you're here and you, you used to do that, but you haven't done it for years because you were hurt by a church or you're embittered by another pastor. Whatever the case for you might be, I, I want to just encourage you, right, to begin to do that once again. Step number two is this. What steps do you need to take to eliminate the voice of the enemy? To eliminate voices or influences that are not good in your life. You may need to, to, to make some changes. You may, you may need to delete an app. You may need to unfollow someone on social media. You, um, you may need to stop watching a certain television uh, uh, program, okay? And this will set aside time for you to read scripture and pray. You may need to even sever a relationship 
Or listen, set up boundaries between you and that person. Just because you're a Christian, it doesn't mean that you always have to say yes. Okay? Just because you're a believer in Jesus doesn't mean you, you say yes to, to everything. Guess what? You can say this two-letter word. It's called no. No. No, I'm not coming over. No, I can't do that. Right? No. Right? No. I said this in first service. In Spanish, it's no. Okay? You can say no. For some of you, you, you need to set up a healthy boundaries. And guess what? Even with the people you love, sometimes you have to set up healthy boundaries. So what would you do this week to eliminate maybe uh, some of those things from your life so that you can hear God's voice? And then I think the, the, the most important one uh, for us today as we leave is this. Ask God, who do, you ne- who do you need to share the gospel with? Who do you need to share your story with? Who do you need to... Um, um, encourage. Who do you need to invite the church maybe? Um, I don't know what that will look like for you this week, but maybe it'll be, it'll be one of those things because that's what we see in the scripture in Acts chapter 8 is that Philip hears the spirit of the Lord say, go to that chariot. And he goes. He doesn't say, well, I don't know if it's God. I don't know if it's Satan. I don't know if it's the Taco Bell. He just goes. He's like, you know what? It seems right. I'm going to go over here and I'm going to I'm going to proclaim the gospel because that's always good news, right? That's always good news. And so ask God, listen, ask God this week, who do you need? And maybe, maybe, you, don't share the, maybe you don't share the gospel, and that's okay. But maybe, listen, you plant a seed. You plant a seed. Maybe you talk about your relationship with God. Maybe you talk about, because um, uh, this is so prevalent in Bay City. I've been hurt by the church. <laughs> I've been hurt by the church. But I'm back in church, and I'm giving it another shot. Wow, are you kidding me? You know what? When I was a kid, I just thought that the church was so hypocritical. And wow, you're, you, I didn't know that about you. Yep, I'm giving it another shot. Wow. And that, that opens up a conversation for more, for a spiritual conversation about Jesus. Right? So, so this week, listen, pray. Make room for God. Okay? Read his word. Let everything else be a filter. Let, let everything else filter through, rather, I should say, the word of God. That we might hear his voice, obey, right, and see the fruit of that in our lives. Let's pray together. Lord, we love you. We thank you so much for um, Acts chapter 8. We thank, we thank you so much for Philip's story, God, that Philip heard the Spirit. He obeyed God and one whisper changed his life. God, today we pray for those of us in here who maybe they, um, they just wouldn't consider themselves a follower of Jesus. And I pray today, God, that you would just draw them to you. Just draw them to you. God, I pray that they would um, have a revelation that they are loved. God, that they are loved. No matter what type of background they come from, no matter how chaotic their personal life may be, no matter what dysfunction uh, from their family they may have come out of, God, that they are loved in Jesus. God, today they can receive forgiveness of their sins and salvation through Jesus alone. Lord, would you draw men and women to you this morning, God? And this week, God, would you show us who we are supposed to share our faith or just our story with God or maybe even just invite to church, God? God, would you speak to us, we pray, because we know one whisper can change our lives forever. In Christ's name we pray.